What's going on guys? Welcome to the Against All Odds podcast. I'm here with Sean, so we'll roll the intro and let's get started. Okay, Sean, so give me your full name, your age, and where you're born. Sean Lewis, 27 years old. I'm from Rockford, Michigan. Rockford, okay. And then so you were born in Rockford, Michigan, and you just pretty much lived your whole life there? Same house. Whole Same time. house? Yep. Okay, so this is going to be a pretty boring podcast then. Sure <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, so when did you start playing soccer? I think four, three, three or four years old. Uh, both of my older sisters played, um, so I just kind of got into it with them. Mm-hmm. I think my first sport was just like playing backyard baseball with my dad and stuff like that. But uh, first organized sport, soccer, I think four years old. Uh-huh. And then did your dad play soccer at all? No. He was like, you know, the typical seasonal sport athlete, high mm-hmm. school and college, uh, baseball, football, track, uh, basketball. Yeah, so, that's yeah. the same exact zero soccer experience. Yeah. And then so you just put in soccer because you didn't want to go into like American football at the time? or You know, I got into it because of... Because of my siblings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, both my older sisters played, so I just kind of, you know, was interested in just because they were playing, um, and then I just loved it, so yeah. I just kept doing it. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much how the same exact thing for me too. Yeah. Just like, okay, yeah, I'll just I'm good at it, I like it, so yeah, you just know, keep going. When you're a kid, you start trying like a lot of different things, right? Yeah. And then you just find something that you you really like, and then if you're good at it, you just keep on doing it. Yeah. Um, and then when did you, just, so you were just playing like recreational from like four, five up until like yeah. 10, 11? So I would do like the, uh, you know, like the co-ed type thing with yeah. like your elementary school or something like that. I did that for maybe a year or two. Um, but at the same time I was doing like summer camps and stuff like that. There, around my town there was all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff you could do. Uh, there's a team called Flying Kick. <laughs> I always had summer camps. Yeah. I spent my, all my summers with these people. Flying and, Kick. Uh, you ever do Skyhawks? Was it Skyhawks? No, you didn't, you didn't do Skyhawks. No, huh. <laughs> I always did Skyhawks camps. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was like everywhere. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I never heard. Of it. Uh, whatever. <laughs> and then so you were so you're just playing just typical. You're doing different. Did you play other sports too? Uh, I think I did like basketball for like one or two seasons or something like that. But that was just nothing. That was that was nothing. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Let's just be, let's be fair. Uh huh. Uh, it's just the guy running around, get rebounds, play defense. <laughs> were you, and then when you started playing soccer, did you, like, were you always a goalkeeper? Or were you like, no, I'm going to play no, field? No, um, so I played field until I was 12. Uh-huh. Um, I always just kind of, like, hopped in that because I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved diving around and getting dirty. Um, but, yeah, primi- primarily a, a field player until I was 12 or 13 years old. And then that's when I went, like, full-time in goal. I, I've heard, like, from other keepers that that's, like, recommended to do. What do you think? Yeah, now nowadays with the game the way it is, goalkeepers have to play with their feet, uh-huh. and they have to have some sort of understanding of, of you know, the a natural understanding of the game, mm-hmm. uh, and you know which passes to play when, and that obviously you uh, you develop over the years of playing in goal and understanding the tactics, but you need sort of a, a baseline, I guess, of being a field player, seeing yeah. the game from that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you kind of like unintentionally did that. Yeah, I mean, I was always. A natural at, mm-hmm. at goalkeeping without too much training. I was mm-hmm. always decent, um, and you know, playing on the field, I just I never really thought of you know going in goal until a team needed a goalkeeper. It didn't have any options. I was the best option, mm-hmm. and I would have been just a simple role player as a field player. I so I, could, I was just going to help the team much more as a goalkeeper, and huh. that's when it kind of all started. Yeah, I always wondered that because like, like I've 
from the very beginning, I was like, oh, you mean I have to stand here while people can shoot <laughs> as hard as they can at me? No, I don't want to do that. It takes a certain mindset. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some kids, I guess, just have it. You yeah. can kind of tell who's, even from a young age, you can kind of tell, like, you can tell he's a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's something that you can develop, but sometimes kids just have it. Yeah, that's funny. I hate it. For the, is, er, and every kid, I feel like, especially when you're, like, at recreational level, I remember, like, who wants to be a goalkeeper? Everyone's like, me, me, Yeah. I was yeah. like, no, don't. <laughs> oh, were you even then? Yeah, no. even from five years old. I mean, yeah. I thought the gloves were kind of cool. But, like, I was like, this, I just have to stand back here. I can't go up there. And you're just in it for the gear. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the gear. Yeah. Um, and then, so, so you're playing, like, just some, some recreational up. When did you join your first, like, club team? I think uh, seven years old. Seven. Hey, when, Rockford, Michigan. Do you know Ryan Howe? I don't. He played it. I don't know if he's from Rockford, Michigan. Oh, no, 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 no. Never mind. I think he's from, like, Rock something. Indiana, like near Chicago. I this don't is know a Rockford, Illinois. That's that's yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. the that's the one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's from there. No, never mind. But he played it with me at St. Louis. Um, okay, so when did you play your first like competitive team? Uh, so yeah, I think like that was year round. Year year round. Yeah. So club probably I think six or six or seven years old. Uh, I was I was you know playing on like the the U U nine team or something like that. Okay. The club didn't have any age groups younger than that so um yeah i did that so that so you already knew like or when you were younger your parents were still even like yeah let's push you up a great or push you up a couple years or whatever um well part of that came from the my sister's you know coaches and stuff like that mm-hmm. i knew that um i was just honestly i would hop in with with some of their trainings and stuff like that and just kind of kicked them all around and mm-hmm. the summer camps obviously um and and they knew that i should you know, be taking it a little more seriously than just playing co-ed or yeah. something with my elementary school. They said if I wanted to, I could, I should uh, go play. And um, so, yeah, we just kind of did it maybe like a year or so earlier than what my club had as an age group for me. Uh-huh. And uh, just kind of went from there. Yeah. I always was jealous of like the, the younger siblings about that because I, I went through I was the oldest and so I had to learn everything yeah. we didn't even know what club soccer was until mm-hmm. I was like my mom picked me up from high school or from elementary school she's like I heard about this thing called club soccer do you want to try it I'm like yeah sure why not yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah we'll give it a go and then my brother came along four years later and it was like oh yeah we'll set you up on this club this club this club you is, know is he the youngest yeah yeah the, the youngest man my youngest brother was had everything yeah because your brother your younger brother played too right yeah he's yeah. really good yeah mm-hmm. And where's he at now? Uh, so he finished up at Michigan State was his last competitive season playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I want to say, 2015? No, no, it was like 16, I think. Uh-huh. 2016. So is, is he still trying to play at all? Or? No, no, he's uh, he's going to medical school, man. That's right. That's yeah. right. I remember that. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. Tough decision. But yeah. That's sick. How do you like Michigan State? Do you like it? Uh, the, yeah, he, I think he liked it a lot, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Ten schools, like, everything's yeah. pretty well taken care of. Yeah, you're so. really well taken care of. Um, and then so you, like, 11, or, I mean, even younger, 7, 8, 9, you're playing up. And then so you said you switched to goalkeeper, like, 12, 13? Yeah, it wasn't until later. What position did you play earlier? Was it just rotate? I, I was like a, a central midfielder or maybe a winger. 
but it was mostly. I would pay. I would. I would love to just <laughs> pay to see like you or even like Mason or, or Andrew too, like play in a game, <laughs> like as a winger. Maybe I'm a bit arrogant, but like I, I think I could play six right now. You yeah, know, like, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you have really, really good left foot and right foot distribution, both sides. You know, it's it's obviously as a goalkeeper, you have to kind of take some of that responsibility now in this yeah. day and age. You have to take some of the responsibility from the six. So with the ball, it's it's you know it wouldn't be too much of transition. It's just without the ball, it would be. Yeah, positioning. That, that's tough. Part. <laughs> I, I keep imagining in my head. It's kind of funny. Um, and then so uh, so then you. Are just playing around. You're playing kind of different positions. You make the goalkeeper switch to goalkeeper around 12, 13, mm-hmm. um, and then do you like instantly love it? Like you were like, this is like I want to do this. Be yes. this position. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> well, so before I made like the, the permanent transition, I guess you could call it at twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I'd like hop in for a half or something like that. You know, like they'd split time or something yeah. like that. And that was, I think I enjoyed that more because I knew I was like. If it was a boring game, I could just next half I'm gonna be on the field. And yeah, it's be fine. yeah. Uh, but you know, going over twelve or thirteen, like this is this is what you're doing, and you're just in goal the whole time. And sometimes you're just absolutely spanking a team, yeah, like ten zero or something like that. And you're standing out there absolutely hating the game, <laughs> yeah, uh, just begging for something to do at that age, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but as the level grew and you know the 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 pressure grew with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much more interesting to me, and I, I just absolutely loved it. Yeah, I remember. I feel like the pressures, like even like even like that's why we like to go and play at higher and higher stakes. It's like the pressure. Mm-hmm. So it's like you really. It's probably such a high, like to be so intense right around the goal. Like it's life or death almost. Right. Like it's pretty cool. Even when I made the switch from forward winger to right back I was like man there's all every touch is way more pressure yeah less I, uh, room for error yeah and I was like complaining about it like my first year and it was the same thing a like, center back and a goalkeeper were like well imagine us <laughs> I was like wow yeah so that's a lot of pressure yeah it, you get used to it um, you get to enjoy it too mm-hmm. because uh, there's been times where when you come back from let's see you go away to college right and then you come back and you're just kind of screwing around with friends playing in the park or something like that I never want to play goal mm-hmm. I don't want to do it mm-hmm. because diving around and stuff like that is cool all that stuff but when there's no pressure it almost doesn't even seem worth it yeah, when there's like yeah. you can't gain anything from it and it's it's just not as fun mm-hmm. for me so like I you know I take that time to experience something else and just play small center on the field or something like yeah, that yeah. it's much more fun yeah, that's like all the keepers I train with in off season if we play five a side or something unless we'd use in the big goals it's right. they want, I want to feel I want to be on the field I want to yeah. be playing experience something different yeah. it's, it's just not as enjoyable when there's nothing to gain from yeah. being in goal it makes sense yeah. um, and then so when did you start at that age did you start serious goalkeeper training and everything like did you have a good goalkeeper yeah, coach I was always kind of dabbling because there was some good goalkeeper coaches in the area so even when I was like taking a half or something like that mm-hmm. I'd go and train with this guy like maybe once a week or something like that just because it was fun and like I said I love diving around and yeah super active that way um, so then just when I went from you know playing a half every couple games to playing every single game in between the pipes um I think I just increased it. I don't know exactly how much I was training back then, but it definitely took a step up. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Uh, did you? I'm not sure. People always have so many questions for like goalkeepers. Always want me to ask like super goalkeeper specific questions. <laughs> it's tough. It is hard. Yeah. I don't even really even know. But uh, 
in Michigan, like for example, like so you're training and you said you train with that guy mm-hmm. and you're training with your team and everything. Um, did you train by yourself at all? And then, like, how'd you do it in Michigan? It's it's almost impossible to train as a goalkeeper by yourself. Yeah, uh, you can, but it's it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be really creative with it. So it's always, um, you know, you, you have to. Have, uh, it's just so much easier to have someone to work with. Yeah, and, and I did. I had you know, a couple uh, goalkeeper coaches throughout my youth that were very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes because I couldn't even. How do you pretend to block a safe? But some people ask me that too. It's like when you're, and I've been asked like in off season, especially like when I'm up in Portland and I don't really have any players around me that I know that well to train with. Um, they're like, why don't you ever work on one v one defending by yourself? <laughs> just imagine yeah. like me on the sideline just pretending to mark somebody. Yeah. Like, Maybe I could do like speed and agility, but like doing one v one defending is pretty much impossible unless you have somebody else to defend. Right. Yeah. Um, and then so you're growing up now from like 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. You're getting more and more serious probably every year playing goalkeeper and soccer mm-hmm. in general. Um, were you with like the same club? Did you make any changes? or Quite a few changes. Uh, well, all right. So the it's probably two or three clubs that I, I played for, the group of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the groups I was with kept on changing like which club umbrella they're under. So our, our uh-huh. team name changed like five times, I think, in five uh-huh. years. But it was the same group of guys, so it was really the same team. Uh-huh. And the same coach and everything like that, too. So I think I played for three clubs growing up. Okay. And uh, when you entered high school, were you playing with the high school team, or did you do like... I did high school, okay. yeah. So um, I did freshman year. I made it to the JV team as a field player okay and then this is like it's, I made the decision if I wasn't going to make varsity I wasn't going to play in a club really yeah <laughs> so, um, for let's see yeah freshman and sophomore year that's such I, a shock decision think, yeah <laughs> I uh, like it's the pressure you know like yeah, was, yeah. Um, and so I played freshman and sophomore year I think I I think sophomore year I played maybe a few games in mm-hmm. but uh, it was mostly in the field and then when I went up to varsity I was just strictly in a goal yeah but that was I mean that compared to what we were doing in club soccer club soccer you're there for nine months out of the year Mm -hmm. so that was like the real season for me and then high school was just fun yeah it was it was was a cool atmosphere because you have friends and you have a decent crowd there and it's a lot of fun but it wasn't what Mm -hmm. was going to progress my career so yeah exactly that's how I kind of viewed it too like it was a lot I remember those were my favorite training sessions or like favorite like games too oh, yeah. you got all the everybody in the stands is pretty cool um and I remember one of the questions actually and that reminds me how you like as a freshman coming in as a goalkeeper unless you are outstandingly better than the senior or junior they have you're not gonna get time or anything yeah and, I mean, and to be fair, like, I was kind of like a late bloomer physically, so uh-huh. I was just like this kid as a freshman, <laughs> and we, the other goalkeepers, had, I think they had two, I think it was a junior and a senior, mm-hmm. they were men, though, and I was just like this boy, even though I was like technically better than them, yeah. it just wasn't, it wasn't the same. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was JV, and I was going to play on the field. <laughs> uh, yeah, then, how is it, though, like, when you, because it's like a goalkeeper, I feel like it's the hardest position to, like to win from somebody and to like earn it because it's like a lot of even head coaches don't even look at that as closely for one sure and then two it's like 
it's kind of like, oh yeah, we'll just keep, unless that goalkeeper is really making mistakes and then we'll switch it, you know? Did you, did you feel like that? Do you think that's true? Um, so I think it's a, it's a slower process for sort of like the changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be better than, if you're going to win the job from somebody, you got to be better than, than them consistently over a longer period of time than, say, a field player. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think coaches know this, and this is why the change happens so slowly, is you need consistency back there. Mm-hmm. And goalkeepers... You don't come in for a half and then, you know, dip your toes in. And yeah. The next game you can start. It's like, if you're in there, you're in there. And then you, you unless you're playing super safe, uh, which isn't good, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to make a few mistakes. And so you can't just, one mistake and, and you switch because the guy's learning. Mm-hmm. Even even experienced guys, when they come in, like, it's still not perfect. It takes maybe a game to get into it. Um, yeah. And that's at the highest level. So... Um, you get better at it as the older you get. Um, you get more experience. You get better at you know finding your form earlier on. Mm-hmm. But it's still a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I like even because that's what the I remember like even my first game is like training with Republic or anything. I was like, oh, we'll get you in the exhibition match, second forty-five minutes, or even like the last twenty minutes. Yeah. You know, just so you can get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. And it was like that was nice of like, okay, I'm gonna come in last twenty minutes, like. <laughs> I've, I don't think I've ever seen that with a goalkeeper. But yeah. Like, oh, we'll, we'll play in shot for the last 20 minutes. Yes, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then, okay, and then so high school, you're, you're playing basically on the field for your freshman, sophomore year. And then junior, senior year, you're in the goal right. with the varsity team. Mm-hmm. Um, you're training with the club team all, all year round. Pretty much whenever I wasn't with the high school team. Uh-huh. Um, and then are you still doing individual training with the like coaches? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, you know, we the, the club that I was with wasn't, so well organized that we had one goalkeeper coach to just work with all the club goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to go, you know, on my own and find someone to, to train with that way. But like I said, there was a few options around the area, so mm-hmm. I, was, I was very lucky that way. Yeah, I always feel like in America that that's one thing we do pretty well is like the one-on-one coaches, goalkeeper, field player, whatever. There's like a, yeah. a lot of those players that you can find there, at least at like a semi-pro, pro, decent level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we have good, good options. There's like. The youth side of the game is has been so big for so long that mm-hmm. there's always quite a bit of money in it for, for yeah. guys who, who want to coach and do individual lessons and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's still transitioning up the ranks, but it's just kind of, it's it's getting bigger and bigger. As the older you go, it kind of starts weeding out, but yeah. it's the, the popularity is starting to grow older and older we get. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever do like any development academy? Did you ever do any ODP or anything? I did ODP for one year, I think, uh-huh. um, and then I never did any of the the academies. The nearest academy to me was I think two and a half, two hours and forty minutes away from from my house. Wow! And that's something that, like I said, uh, with the youngest sibling, it's like kind of paved. Yeah. So like they, my brother actually made that trip, mm-hmm. um, and. and played for one of the academies but uh for me it was just kind of like my parents were kind of like eh, on the fence about yeah, it on the then once they saw it, that you were going being more serious with it yeah so like once once they saw you know with with me looking for colleges there was kind of like this stigma if you didn't play for an academy mm. uh and so i think once my parents saw that they were like all right yeah my yeah younger, my younger brother would be allowed to do that mm-hmm. and for me it, you know who knows what would have happened if I did do it? Maybe I wouldn't even make the team. Yeah, uh, you know, I was still developing at that age. You know, but when did you hit your like puberty and like fully become like stronger, bigger? Oh man, dude! Like that was it was such a, like a 
you know, 16 through, like, even into college, I was still, like, becoming a better athlete every single... Yeah, yeah. I grew, I think, like, an inch in college. Really? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, uh, just... In, even now, like, I feel like I'm, I'm getting, you know, physically stronger every year, but, you know, I actually grew an inch in college, so that's... Yeah, that's, yeah, that was pretty late. Because yeah. I was... I thought I was late, and I still... I think I was done growing by my senior year of high school, but like I was, I was thick. I was a stick. Mm-hmm. I was so tiny up until like junior year of high school, um, and then so your senior year, did you get recruited your junior or senior year? Uh, I think my junior, late in my junior year. And how did how did that process go? Um, I wasn't highly recruited at all, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I had to go to you know a bunch of camps and had a email a bunch of coaches uh, you know grinding it out yeah as, as many of us did yeah um and uh i ended up having to to walk on to like a preferred walk on to mm. to the college team and then uh five games in to my freshman year i think i won the starting job mm-hmm. and uh that's early yeah so i got a lot of experience in baptism by fire man <laughs> yeah i learned a lot very quickly yeah and uh made huge strides in that game very quickly. I think that's where I made up most of my ground from some of the other goalkeepers that were significantly better than me in, in youth soccer. Just all from so many games So many games so early. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't all, you know, sunshines and rainbows, yeah. you know, but uh, I learned a lot very quickly. Yeah, that's like, I feel like that's like exactly the same for me too, of like, wasn't highly recruited, I never did DA or anything, mm-hmm. so it was like, I went to like five, six different ID camps. I emailed probably 50 plus schools ranging from D yep. and I had no idea the level. So I went oh, from the yeah. Stanford men's soccer mm-hmm. down to the local junior college, right. you know, yep. and I did everything. And then I was just like, we'll see, I'll figure it out. If, the, if I go junior college, whatever, if I go D2, whatever, <laughs> if I go Stanford men's soccer, sweet. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, and then same thing when I got into college, it was like that I, baptism by fire. Like I even thought to myself, you know what, these guys are good. They're big. But then an injury happened, someone got kicked off the team, and all of a sudden I went from like number four striker to like number two, and then it was like one of the games, same thing. The first preseason game, I'd, I'd scored a hat trick in the preseason game. Oh, wow. And then so it was like, okay, we're gonna keep going with you. Right. And I was like, uh, yeah. okay, right. <laughs> here we go, yeah. yeah. And then that's where, I, again, exactly you said, made up most of the ground, I feel like, from not playing DA or really even knowing soccer yeah. that much mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and then so, uh, you like you said, you had some like ups and downs in, in the college. Of course, man. Yeah, there. I mean, there was, you know, a freshman in the starting lineup. We were a relatively young team, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But uh, even then, you know, maybe one senior would be getting significant playing time. Uh, most wow. most of them were, were juniors or sophomores. Uh, but these guys, you know, were were looking at me like. Just don't mess this up. You know, like just, just don't screw it up for yeah, us. Yeah. And that's like, uh, that's, like I said, it was the pressure though, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something that you kind of enjoy because every single time you overcome that, it just, it's such an amazing feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a high, I and mean, just you don't get that like yeah. adrenaline rush really anywhere else. Right. So you want to ha- chase that again, yeah. yeah, and to succeed with the pressure, yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. I, and I remember too is like college if you had a freshman goalkeeper in part of the recruiting like the scouting report is they have a freshman goalkeeper right. fire shots like, yeah, yeah just yeah. test them early all yeah. that stuff yeah um, and then you, you went to Oakland University right so I started off at Western Michigan University okay. and that's where where I walked on on mm-hmm. and then uh, for my senior year 
I transferred to Oakland University for purposes of playing professionally. Okay. So they were have a very good track record of, of sending uh, specifically goalkeepers to professional yeah. soccer. How was transferring? Was it hard to like leave your team? It was very difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, playing two and a half years, three seasons with with these guys, and uh, you know, they're your best friends at that point. Yeah. And um, to to transfer to another school, it was only two. It was probably like two and a half, three hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't you know across the country or anything like that. But it was still, um, you know, missing out on what senior year would have been. Yeah. It wouldn't have been the right um, environment for me to try to start my professional career mm-hmm. but it would maybe been more enjoyable to spend that extra year with with the guys that have I've grown with yeah over the last two and a half years but it was uh, it was a professional decision you know mm-hmm. I needed to develop I wasn't I kind of plateaued I feel like um, at my previous school mm-hmm. and I thought I needed to challenge myself again yeah that's that's a I mean I I like had some thoughts like in college about do- transferring just because yeah. for one reason or another, you know, like you said, there's ups and downs. Um, but like it, I really was like, man, I don't, it's just would be hard. Like friendship wise, like it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. yeah. So that's impressive to do that your senior year to take the chance to do like a professional decision. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, on top of that too, like my, my girlfriend now fiance, mm-hmm. uh, I met her at Western. Oh. So I, transferred away from even that as well uh, we she, did, she we wasn't happy this, you know she's such a true she, <laughs> she obviously she wasn't thrilled about it yeah but, um, she knew how serious I was about mm-hmm. this and um, she even now she says I don't want you in a couple years saying what if yeah so she's very open to that mm-hmm. and uh, she's she's been amazing and I think that's part of the reason we've been together so long yeah. While we're getting married in December, you know. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Yeah. And I was gonna say, any time that you've been, because you've been, we'll talk about it later. We've been abroad. You've been doing crazy stuff, and you and she's been like following along. Like any she's any any me, yeah. girlfriend, fiance, wife that can follow along a professional soccer player. It's kudos to them because it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's, honestly, it's crazy. So you met you met Sarah in in college at Western, and that's so right. You you left. Um, how how did that season go at Oakland? Uh, so for me, it was, uh, I transferred over this, the winter. So this, uh-huh. I had a spring season and then the fall season and I spent another spring with them. Okay. Uh, just to keep on training before I try to make the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and even after the spring, fall and spring, I was still developing, mm-hmm. you know, like these guys were, it's, it was like almost a whole new level, uh, training with, uh, the, the coach that's there, his name's Eric Pogue mm-hmm. and he's produced three professional goalkeepers now um two of them played in the mls Mm -hmm. and so it's it was it was such an incredible experience trying to to learn um and it was a new standard too so the spring season was an eye-opening experience and then the fall was more about can we implement this in the games Mm -hmm. which was a whole new test and personally i i felt like i did very well in mm-hmm. the fall. Um, the team, us as a team, we we were above average, but as far as the standard is at that school, it wasn't up to par with other years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the spring season, again, it was it was getting me ready to, to play professionally, which was, uh, again, a whole new standard. Yeah, I see. Uh, did you graduate? I did not graduate. So you dropped out? Too? Yep, so we did the, have a 
probably get it done in one more semester if mm-hmm. I have to go back. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard too. Did people tell you when you were telling it people was, that? It was so like, difficult. It was part of the thing where I was trying to get it done in online classes, mm-hmm. um, but so many of them were you have to come in and take the exam, yeah. and then you, you talk to the school and try to, you know, get something, and, and then they they say, oh well, Elsie, you have to take this class. And mm-hmm. At this point, I was um, I won't talk, but I was on a plane to Australia, so <laughs> it was, wasn't always an option. So yeah, um, it's something that I'm I'm planning on going back. At the, you know, after my playing career at yeah. some point, um, you you need a college degree, from what I hear, to, to coach in college, and mm-hmm. that's an avenue that I want to keep open for myself. Mm-hmm. It's probably not my first option I want to do as a coach, but uh, eventually when I do take that step into to coaching, I want to have every avenue open to me. So I'll yeah, that. yeah, it's yeah. I remember every everybody would say like, "What do you mean you're dropping out? Aren't you? This is your senior year." Yeah, like, yeah. I know, but like it's January, the USL yep. season starting, it's clock's okay. ticking. And so, did you try at all that that spring or that winter to go to do any like USL open trials? Or <clears throat> yeah, so I um, I did this at the that point they were doing this like USL combine mm-hmm. thing, and uh, went down there and just nothing really panned out for me. Uh huh. Um, it was it was one of those things where. It was so many people there, and it was hard to separate yourself from, from you know the however many other goalkeepers that were there. Yeah. And most of the stuff that was happening there were just like, okay, we'll bring you into a trial, or here's our open tryout. Mm-hmm. Here, you go, here you go. And so I was really faced with either playing another season of PDL the next summer, mm-hmm. or. I was talking to this agency that, that sends players to the second division in Australia. Mm-hmm. And so I said, everyone in America has seen me. Everyone, Most everyone's made up their mind about me. Mm-hmm. I need a new, fresh pair of eyes. Yeah. And so I went to uh, went abroad. Uh, it was a decision that I made with uh, my girlfriend at the time. It was a big decision. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, like I said, she was obviously all for it. Yeah. And so I... Um, Signed a contract with the with the team in the NPL in Australia. It was the second division there, mm-hmm. and uh, I flew out there in January. Mm-hmm. And Sarah came a month or two after me mm-hmm. and spent a, a full season there. Okay, um, it was a crazy experience. It was really good though. Yeah. Uh, so you so. You did was it you were at Oakland training all spring and then did you wait for the next so, one or did you go early? So what happened was, did the the spring training mm-hmm. into the 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 USL combine happened over the winter. Uh-huh. I went back to school and did the spring training, and then over the summer played in PDL season, uh-huh. and then the next winter went to uh, went to Australia. That's, again, it's like very similar to what I did. The yeah. same thing. Like I tried in the USL with open tryouts. I had a couple trials even. Nothing really panned out. Right. Like the same combine experience. Combine a, a lot of college players looking to do the same thing. It's everybody, very hard. Yeah. Everybody's. And you. It's almost you have to make it through that first year of weeding everybody out. And then you like, I think it's smart too to go abroad to get a fresh set of eyes and to a resume builder. Right. Because you playing in NPL in Australia like I went over to Germany, but that's like a, it's like oh, he's doing something different than besides college right. PDL, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, it's like I did the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So you went to Australia, and how was that experience? 
So it was, <laughs> it was. Uh, you were in Tasmania. Tasmania is the the, the state island south of uh, south of Melbourne. Uh, it was man, such a emotionally trying thing to do to move away from. Yeah. I mean, I thought transferring schools two and a half hours away was tough. Yeah. You know, but you're moving across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just sitting on the plane, just thinking, "What the hell am I doing? <laughs> um, this yeah. better work out." You know, like you're <laughs> you're you're psyching yourself up for it, but yeah. Once you get there, you start making friends, mm-hmm. and you just have to keep an open mind and, and be sure of yourself, and keep on reminding yourself of why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, the club there was amazing. I played for Olympia FC. They took care of me. Amazing. Like it was everything was taken care of. They helped me out. They understood. You know players moving across the world mm-hmm. so um, they made it very easy for me and uh, and, and Sarah and it was a fantastic experience yeah that's that's pretty cool but I know that that feeling on the plane where you're like you're it's like a weird mix of you're really excited for something new you're excited to go try and play for a new team but at the same time you're like what am I yeah. what, what am I doing and then also like when you're over there you're it's like you're at least you had Sarah come over too right. but even yeah. You were almost lonely together, like probably out there. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I mean, it's difficult for for her as well. I mean, almost even more so than me because she's doing this for someone else's dream. Yeah, yeah. And that was. It's a whole new level. Mm. Um, so. It was. I mean, it was. It was a lot of, a lot of nights. You know, talking about. You know, oh, you we're trying to make friends, and we're talking about like, all right, what's are we gonna stay here another year? Mm. Uh, things happen where maybe soccer's not going that well and then it seems like all this is for nothing mm-hmm. uh, but you, you can't really think like that you just have to to keep an eye on, on the your process of, of getting better mm-hmm. uh, enjoy seeing different cultures and different people in in, in living abroad mm-hmm. which is something that a lot of people don't get to do yeah um, so I think just looking at it um, as a, a privilege and of having this opportunity to to live abroad and really have an excuse to do it, I think is what I ended up settling on. Is I have an excuse to, to meet all these people and travel the world, yeah, and uh, and, and make money while I'm doing it too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it, and you always like it's funny because like when you're going through it too, I don't want to say you at the moment you like it's it's worse, but because like you have awesome moments, you have bad moments, but like you're lonely and you're kind of like what am I doing? But then when you look back at it. Like I look at back at Germany, I was by myself and I was so lonely, like ninety percent of the time. Mm. But like I'm so I've like I have a lot of nostalgia about Germany. Yeah. So you you find things that you absolutely love about it. Yeah. And um, for you, I think it was completely different because, I mean, did everyone speak English? Did Did you have to? You no, know, it was a lot of like, oh, hello, sprechen's English, and they're like nine. I'm like, okay, here we right. go. Yeah, awesome. Um, but even even if every single one of your teammates did speak English. It wasn't like the the locker room banter yeah, yeah, yeah. wasn't in English. Yeah, you know, like that was their, tough. Their first language was German. And, mm-hmm. and so you're, you're sitting there trying to learn a second language and keep up. I mean, I know you. like You like to be a part of like the banter. You <laughs> like to joke with guys. Yeah. And that's like one of the last things to, to happen once you learn a second language. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that I think that's, that's a whole new level from me going to Australia mm-hmm. where everyone... At times, you could say it's not English, but yeah, it's, it kind of is. Like the yeah. jokes, the slang. Sometimes you're like, "It's very different." What, what's yeah. so funny about that? Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, well, this means this." One of the simplest things threw me off, and it was crazy. It was such a trip. Um, you get there, and people ask you, 
how are you going? Yeah. Instead of how are you doing? Yeah. And <laughs> you, so you like you're like good, <laughs> and you're like oh yeah yeah. yeah. But yeah. Like, it took me a week, and before I finally asked one of the guys that I got to know for like, uh-huh. like, what are you, what is this about? <laughs> and uh, he's like, how you going? How you going? <laughs> I was like, I'm walking. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm gonna take the car. Yeah. Okay, how am I going? Right. I just took a car yeah. here. No, yeah, I remember, yeah. And then even in England, when they say you're all right, and I always thought like it's something. Do I look bad? Yeah. Am I okay? Am I not? Yeah. It's, 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 but it is. It's like the little things. Like even when Sheldon was here, he, I'd like ask him simple questions. He'd be like, what? Like, oh, yeah. He would, yeah. yeah. And then he was like, oh, yeah. Well, we, we say slightly different, but I get what you're saying. It's you the little know? things. Yeah, yeah. It's the little things. Um, and then how was the, how, how was the soccer there? How did you develop your game? Did you like it there? I had, uh, when, I, when I showed up there, I was established as the number one goalkeeper. And so that allowed me to really develop my game and really work on things. Uh, we had a long preseason, so that was much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even in games, I got to, to build my confidence with... One of the things was I, I was playing very high on, on crosses. Uh-huh. Uh, so when the ball was out wide, I'd be, you know, like on top of my six or, you know, really challenging myself that way. Yeah. And a part of, a big part of the game down there is, is the the aerial balls into the box you know you deal with a lot of those mm-hmm. so that was a good test for me and also I had a lot of freedom to to kind of tinker with my game and, and develop that way so I think it was a, it was a fantastic experience for me yeah um, and then the season goes from what like March to August or is it longer so <clears throat> the season I think the official first game of the season they do like a, a preseason tournament mm-hmm. that they they take pretty seriously uh but i think the official start of the season was early march and then they go until i want to say late september i'm gonna say september okay so don't quote don't quote me <laughs> there's somebody comments yeah what an idiot he doesn't even know when it starts and ends it's yeah. been a few years sorry guys what year what year was that uh, that was 2015 2015 okay that was the same for me, 15 to 16, but so I was in Germany. And then um, what happened after the season? After the season, uh, I, I organized a, a trial with an A-League team. Uh-huh. Um, my team did quite well, and I was doing quite well. Uh-huh. So uh, we got some attention that way. I was able to organize a trial. and uh, But that wasn't for maybe another few weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I was coaching young players but I was also like hopping in with them because yeah. I wanted to train still yeah. so I was you know calling people up everyone who's still in town mm-hmm. let's go train um, and so I just I did that for I think two and a half three more weeks after the season ended mm-hmm. and then uh, and went on trial and I think I was on trial for two weeks after that mm-hmm. do you want to say what team that was? yeah so I went on trial with the uh, Central Coast Mariners um, found out it was it's a big step up from the NPL to uh-huh. the A-League. Um, also found out that it is increasingly difficult as the level goes up. You have to be so much better because of international spots. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., I think we have seven, I want to say seven I spots seven, per team. Yeah. yeah. But you can acquire more. And if a player gets a green card, they don't count anymore. Yeah. In Australia, it's five non-citizens. Oh, wow. And at least that's that's how I understood it. Uh-huh. And so I went on trial there. I think there was one spot left. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ended up signing... After they said no to me, 
um, they ended up signing like a marquee player, like someone who came in and made like a million dollars yeah. a year or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it was incredibly difficult, <clears throat> but I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a great experience to see that level. Um, the A League is 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 a very good level. So mm-hmm. and uh, and doing that abroad as well was yeah. Because that it's like it's that's what's so hard is like the even like even even something simple like I was in second division Iceland. And same thing. They said we have one because you only get three foreigner international spots sure. there. And they were like, we already have two wingers. Yep. You want another winger? Um, so let's see it. And they brought in at that same trial with me three other American Canadians that came yep. in. And then from the four of us, mm-hmm. they picked one of us. Right. And I was like, and everybody else on the team, you're like, nobody else is. I mean, they were good players. Don't get me wrong. They were all, everybody on the team was good. But you could kind of feel like, yeah, I'm at the top end of the level here. But they want you to be the marquee sure. player, and then you bring in the other guys. Now you're not just competing with that team; you're also competing with everybody else they're bringing in. Right. And they bring in some bigger names they've had MLS experience even. Yeah. And so you're like, wow, okay, this is like a shock. You're like, okay, this is harder than right. I thought it was going to be. And so the way I mean, in Australia, I think the second division has in Tasmania you have three international spots. Uh-huh. In the mainland, you have two. Um, so when my team won the state league and went to the, the national tournament, one of the international guys just couldn't go. Really? Yeah, so they had to drop one of us. Wow. And um, the way I saw it, man, you have to be, as an international, when there's that few spots, mm-hmm. you have to be one of the three best team players in the team. Or yeah. one of the, th- the three best players as far as helping the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you might, you know, you, have to, you might be just that much better than the second guy that they need you to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's... It's added pressure, mm-hmm. uh, which again just makes it all the more fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, so on trial with the A League, it was I was going there and I was probably at, on par for being like a, a backup or something like that at yeah. that level, yeah. or, or maybe even a three. They saw me, but it just wasn't worth the international spot for them to to sign me. Which fair enough. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's frustrating. Like oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then so after that, what happened? Did you come back here? So uh, I decided I wasn't going to go back to the NPL. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided it, this was a decision that Sarah and I kind of made together. It was just, do we want to spend another year abroad? Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided to, to come back to America. I was going to take my chances with my new and improved resume yeah. that I, I now have, mm-hmm. uh, whereas before, like, it really wasn't a resume. It was just yeah. college. Yeah. Um, so came back to America just started sending out emails every single day mm-hmm. to professional USL I think I hit every single NASL and USL team I sent emails to I think every single one of them yeah apart from maybe a couple of the MLS reserve teams because I know that the youth was their main priority yeah it's promoting youth so the yeah, outside of maybe five or six teams mm-hmm. in the USL I sent them to everyone I think I got three replies two of them were uh, thanks but no thanks yeah and then uh, one of them uh, was from Tony Mueller the head coach of Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jacksonville Armada and uh, he said uh, can we fly you in tomorrow and so just immediately yep <laughs> and uh, oh, let me check started packing my stuff <laughs> I'm on the phone with like my mom and Sarah yeah. like just like alright I'm, I'm leaving you know, were you in Australia flying? Or were you, no, I had already been back in, in America training uh-huh. with no end in sight. I, so and I, how hard is that to train with no end in so sight? Difficult. Yeah. 
you're training, you don't have a club, you don't know if anything's going to happen, you don't even know if you have an opportunity. Yeah. And I'm training, it's snowing outside, I'm, you know, I'm training indoors, yeah. it's like cabin fever almost, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's, it's, that was a trying time, that was a... I think that's the hardest, because like, at first, you like, you come back, like, and you're excited, and you're like, oh, now I'm going to focus on what I want, yeah. after a couple of weeks, it starts to get boring, and then you, like we said, you have no team, you're like, for sure spot, or even try, like, a trial yeah. lined up. So you're like, am I doing all of this for nothing? Right. And then you're kind of like, then you start losing motivations. Your training sessions start dropping in quality. Yeah. And like, I that is, it's it, not many people understand like how hard that is to do. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so then Jacksonville did it, and that was probably like, <laughs> can we fly out tomorrow? You're like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gone the next day. Yeah. Um. And then how was that? I was on trial for a week before they signed me. Mm-hmm. So that was. I mean, I was super excited to be there. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was a great level. So, and the the team treats their players very well. Mm-hmm. And I was just I was so thrilled to be there at first that I mean, I was like, you know, part of part of goalkeeping is calming yourself down before the shot comes to yeah. make sure that you don't have any wasted movement or anything like that. It's kind of technical, but. I was so jumpy that like at first I like it wasn't catching balls that I should, and yeah. I was so excited that it wasn't until the second day where I you know found my my groove so to speak mm-hmm. and and really got uh, it really showed showed really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like you said too, like how important it is to like email and to reach out to as many teams as you can because it's like it's less about oh yeah here's a pro team in my local area take me. It's like we need you need to find a team. That needs a goalkeeper, and Jacksonville yeah. was probably in need of a goalkeeper. And it was, I had no agent. Yeah. Uh, the agency I was working with only had contacts in Australia, and I already decided I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. So coming back to America, no agent at all. And it's it's different, and it's weird when you're you're speaking on behalf of yourself to these yeah, clubs. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you're saying, like, hey, I, like, this is my highlight video. This is me. Yeah. Like, it's not like someone else saying, like, hey, this is a good goalkeeper. Like, yeah, check, on, check trust my word. Yeah, I, I've sent you good players. There's trust no, me. There's no relationship. You're yeah. just out of the blue. Highlight video. This is my resume. You type it, like, highlights of your resume in the email to mm-hmm. make sure if they don't even open it, they see it. Yeah. Um, and it's just throw as many out as you can mm-hmm. to everyone. Yeah. It was... Uh, a lot of sleepless nights. But, uh, <laughs> worth it. Yeah. No, it's I yeah. And so many players go through that. And it's uh it's tough because it weeds out so many players that they do they spend a month of that and they're like, What <laughs> this isn't fun. Yeah, it's uh, so many players, if it doesn't fall into their lap, mm-hmm. they're not gonna do it. Yeah. And some players do get lucky. Like there's a lot of players I've even talked to, it's like, so you went to Sac State? And then you signed immediately with Sacramento Republic, and you've been there now for three years. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm like, uh, how how'd you get the contract? Like, he just saw my game, and I got a contract the next week. I'm like, what? <laughs> good for you. Like, yeah, <laughs> but then at the same time, though, three years later, they're out of the game. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes they're still playing. Sure. But sometimes they're out of the game because they, at one point or another, whether you're 18, 21, 25, you're gonna go through that period. Yeah. And if you, um, if you can make it through, then it's great. Matt, sometimes I think that the only reason I've I've been able to play for as long as I have and I've made the improvements that I have to my game is because so many people told me I wasn't going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I had so much resistance for so long that I'm just used to it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of drives me. Um, and you can use like the, the slingshot you know, uh, metaphor. The, yeah. the harder you pull it back, the faster it's going to go forward. Um, 
I kind of look at it that way, where people don't receive resistance, mm-hmm. when they get it, they don't really know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's not true for, for everyone. Yeah. But, you know, outside of the top 5% of the professional prospects coming into the USL and MLS, you know, I think everyone else is going to receive significant resistance at some point. Yeah. 100%. So it's important how you handle that. Mm. That's true. It is really, really true. And it's like, it's just, you've got to get used to it. You're like, oh, well, this club saying no to me is not anything new to me. So, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. going a few months of where I don't have anything to do, like even like the first off season where I had nothing was way, way harder on me than like even last off season when mm-hmm. I had like for two or three months, I was kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I kind of told myself, well, something will pop up. You know, you kind of almost lie to yourself sometimes, but like, you're like, yeah, yeah, something will come up, but you still are like, I don't know if anything's going to come up, but it, it's easier even then than it was four or five years ago yeah yeah and that's um i think that was a big part of my transfer too is because i wasn't getting any resistance Mm -hmm. it was just kind of the guy there and it wasn't being challenged and the the goalkeeping training was was adequate but it wasn't the next level yeah um and so when i decided to transfer the first thing that they had me do was train with two of the guys who already went pro Mm -hmm. two of the other goalkeepers that already went pro before me and uh they destroyed me really yeah, they, <laughs> yeah the 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 training that they put me through and it was in the middle of winter so i was honestly i hadn't stayed in shape that well mm-hmm. over the winter i was just planning on like building my fitness over the spring yeah and you know taking christmas and the holidays off mm-hmm. and so when i came in there basically right after new year's i was just out of my depth with this this training session that they put me through and these guys weren't shy too yeah you know they're like <laughs> why like they're looking at Eric Poe like what's with this kid yeah and honestly I loved it I I I I was on the phone with my mother like driving back from you know back home Mm -hmm. to spend the rest of the break with my family and my mom asked me oh how'd it go I'm like well he told me that I sucked but (laughs) like I kind of like it because (laughs) it's something that I hadn't really felt in a long time yeah it was super motivating yeah I I remember feeling extremely motivated, and that's something that... Because you can see it. You're yeah. like, that. that is what I can exactly. get to. Yeah. yeah. I remember, like, I was in the same thing. In college, four years, I was like, starting striker now, scoring yeah. goals. It was, and I had a good career, but, but I always wanted to push it to be better. But, like, I was almost comfortable in that little bubble of training. Sure, yeah. And then I got to Sacramento Republic, and I was the season ticket holder for the Rondos every single day. And people <laughs> were like, pass, people, yeah. loot, I'd be walking and training, it's like, Matt, do we even want to start on the outside? Do you want to start in the center? <laughs> we'll just stop and I was like, fuck. And it was like, they were making fun of you, but it was like to push you, yeah. and then you are frustrated and mad about it, so sure. then you work harder. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all the same thing, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just motivation. Yeah. And uh, if you react to it well, mm-hmm. then you're just going to get better. Yeah. And then how did uh, the season at Jacksonville go then? That was that was a another difficult. The first half of the season, I got zero games. Uh-huh. Like I think I played combined like ninety minutes total out of like eight preseason games, and so mm-hmm. it was just like a couple minutes here, like a half here, another couple of minutes here. Uh, and that was something that I wasn't really used to because, like I said, I started as a freshman in college, so I never was a solidified backup for mm-hmm. like an entire season, and. So that was uh, an emotionally difficult time because I'm trying to to measure like all right what what should I be doing now yeah and you're you're fresh all throughout the 
the week because you, you're not really worried about games. So like you, you have this so much more energy to spend during training. Mm-hmm. If you know you're going to be, I was the third for a long time. And if you know you're going to be third, you're not going to be on the bench. You, there's no way they need you. Yeah. So you're just, you're, you, you do so much extra stuff. It's extra work with the training. You're staying after with the guys to shoot, mm-hmm. take shots and uh, work on your distribution and, and take crosses. And um, it was, it was a different um, experience, but it was an important experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then second half went better. So and the, the way the NSL worked at that point was they had a, a mid-season break. Uh-huh. And all my conversations, the couple conversations I had specifically about my game and development were uh, just, you know, specific tidbits that I needed to work on to, to be a starter. This is, this is um, the head coach would say, this is where I see the other guys excelling more than you. Mm-hmm. And this is where, like, this is good, but you need to, you know, and so whole time I'm just working on this. And some of it was stuff that you only could practice in training and mm-hmm. in game situations, which was difficult. But it was, it was so good for me to, to realize that even if I'm, even if I'm technically better or a better athlete than these guys, like there are certain things that they see that I don't, mm-hmm. that I need to work on. Yeah. And so when I came back from the, the summer break that we had in between the, the fall and, or the spring and fall season, uh, I ended up starting the first game because I improved so much that when we came back to training, uh, the coaches saw that I had kind of started to implement those things that they've been working with me on. Mm -hmm. And then I played, you know, uh, a significant amount of games just straight in a row. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of games right away. It was almost baptism by fire. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Uh, But, um, yeah, it was a a really big, uh, it was another period of good growth. Yeah. It's kind of funny, like every every year it's been like, something like some sort of resistance you know of like whether it's being abroad yeah. or being oh i was about started the backup or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah and then it just develops you in a different way which is pretty cool to, to hear yeah um and then so this was like nasl jacksonville armada that was like big games big teams that you're playing against and everything there were a lot of very very experienced players yeah and very good players mm-hmm. um that have incredible resumes I remember asking one of my teammates, like, oh, who's the best player you've ever played against? I didn't really know all of his resume, Mm -hmm. and so I was kind of shocked when he just, like, without really thinking, he just goes, oh, Ronaldinho. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What? He's like, yeah, I played against him in the Champions League. I was like, all right, cool. Sweet. And he's like, what about you? Yeah, (laughs) don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, That's insane, though, because I remember you even told me, like, broke down even more of more of your teammates and stuff it's like wow there's a lot of and then you start playing against these guys too that like come straight from La Liga mm-hmm. or you know one of the the top five leagues in Europe they come straight from that team to to playing against you mm-hmm. and you, sometimes it's intimidating and I, at first it was but then you just start seeing them for for what they really are and they, they see the game faster and they'll make decisions faster yeah. but they're not super dreaming yeah, you know, like what, what's different is up here for them. Mm-hmm. They're going to break down the game faster and, and be able to make decisions faster, and that's what you have to come for. Yeah, and I, I've like I've tried to talk about this too, and, I've, and a lot of people have brought this up too that have played NASL or higher levels, or even USL, where they've brought in other players that have played higher level. But it's like it's hard to say because you don't want to sound cocky, but you're like the level, honestly as you get closer and closer up into the pro game, yeah. even between, like, you're looking at these players 
and you're like, well, it's really just tiny little things. Yeah. And, and it, but it's hard to say because you're like, oh, you're, oh, sure, you're right behind a La yeah. Liga guy. And, no, it's it's tiny things, but it's also consistency of those yeah. tiny things. Yeah. Um, and sometimes their quality is hidden by the guys around them aren't on the same page or aren't on the mm-hmm. same speed as them. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like their teammates will slow them down for, them, for yeah. you. Um, so, but sometimes like it just it just comes through where. They do something, and you're like, I'm not sure how you saw that, yeah. but good for you. I'll make sure I know that's a possibility next time. I remember with Orange County, though, we got this number six, Richard Chaplow, who played for Sunderland mm-hmm. and played over in EPL for years. He's coaching there now as assistant coach. And one time, the ball bounced into him from, like, uh, it was he was, like, facing his, like, left back or something, and the striker popped it to him. And I swear I was looking at him for the whole time. I was right back, pushed up. And one time, left foot, it just, bing straight into the corner for me. Right, yeah. Gr- perfect ball. Mm-hmm. But I was still standing there like, oh, whoa. Almost didn't even make the run. And he looks at me yeah. like, and I'm like, next time. Yeah. I see it. I got it. I'm learning. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, that's the thing that you said. Like, mm-hmm. they see it. Uh, so that's awesome. The baptism by fire. Got a whole bunch of games in. And then, um, did, did you kind of finish out the season with them then? Playing? Yeah, so I, I, I spent the, the whole year with them. We had a coaching change at one point, uh-huh. And the, the new coach went to... Uh, went back to the guy who's playing before me, mm-hmm. uh, so that was, you know, emotionally it was, it was tough. But yeah. again, great experience. You have to grow, um, and I think that was a big part of, of, uh, of maturing as uh-huh. as a goalkeeper when you lose your spot, and you have to, and it's not necessarily something you did. You didn't really make a huge mistake during a game. Mm-hmm. You didn't do one thing that you can just point to and be like, all right, don't do that next time. It was just simply another opinion that came in. Yeah, and so that was it was a huge. Uh, test of my maturity yeah, and it really made me grow that way yeah. so like it's just like so many different years of so many different areas of of uh, adversity I, mm-hmm. I guess you could say and uh, it just it really pulls you in different directions and it makes you really be down to earth and all this makes you just focus on like I said your process yeah. of getting better because if an, a new opinion comes in and it's not the one you like mm-hmm. What are you going to do about that right now? You're going to stop getting better. Yeah, exactly. So you just have to kind of bring it back to something that you can control, mm-hmm. which as a goalkeeper we talk about a lot because sometimes you can't control things. Like someone, something breaks down and the guy pings in the upper 90. It's yeah. not even one that you can save. Are you going to you know, lose your mind over that? No, you focus on what you can control. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that was... I think that was a main focus in me at that point was just okay what can I control what can I work on back to the improvement side of things and, uh, and get ready for next year mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like like I like that like I mean it is a game of preference like sometimes you like for whatever reason it's just like I'm the coach is going you know what I'm feeling this player today yeah. and you're kind of like and at the moment kind of all the focus has shifted the guy that got this, the call up yeah and not much attention on the guy that just like I just lost my spot what happened yeah you know and it's hard when you're younger to not completely shut down but yeah, yeah. when you're younger you, like you you take it so personally yeah and you're, yeah. you're so emotional about it but as you get older you, you realize that like it's the coach's job on the line too yeah and so he has to play who, he's, who he's, he is comfortable with mm-hmm. whether he can verbalize it to you or not where he can somehow describe to you what he sees in the other guy compared to you mm-hmm. or not, he's going to go with what he trusts. Yeah. And that's what uh, is, is so hard to see sometimes. But mm-hmm. as you get older, you kind of understand it. Yeah. Um, and then so end of the season, what, what happened then? 
end of the season, uh, the club went through a bit of a financial crisis. Um, they signed my option to come back the next year mm-hmm. as a number two, and so my my role was was pretty was pretty solidified in their eyes. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be better than this new guy, whoever you bring in, yeah. and I'm going to win the spot. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get that chance. Once the, the ownership left in December, and they left the league, so all of our contracts were void at that point. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they only brought back a, a handful of guys that they could afford to, or, and you know the rest of us were, were left trying to find a new club in, in January and in February, which is... Is that 2017? That was 20, uh, 2017, yeah. So uh-huh. 20, after the season 2016, going into 2017. Yeah. And as you know, trying to find a club in, in January and February is, is a difficult it's thing. a nightmare. Because yeah. most of the starting roles are a lot solidified. Yeah. yeah. Even backup roles by that by that time are solidified. Yeah, it was... Uh, that so, was... Uh, Another another time where I'm I'm scrambling, sending out emails. Yeah. You know, still didn't have an agent at this point. Mm-hmm. I had been contacted by a few guys, uh, one of them overseas. But like, it was it was one of those things where I was absolutely scrambling. Yeah, and it's hard too because it's like you don't again you don't want to sound arrogant, but like you almost feel like you're back to square one sending out those emails, and you're like, why? I now I you feel like you have more experience. You feel like you've done all this and you're kind of like now I'm back doing the same thing that I was doing back in 2015 2014 yeah yeah you you think you have your resume now yeah and you're above that yeah but honestly like you you never really can be completely past that because if you still want to play and you still want to to make something of your career as a footballer you you can't be above that Mm -hmm. yeah I just had Manny on here last week and he went from Four, four seasons with Fort Lauderdale Strikers in the NASL, starting and playing almost every game, and then one season going comp- for an entire season with nothing, and then played PDL, you know, right. just for the end of the season, you know? And he said the same thing. That's like, oh, he was even turning down USL, but he, he was like, I got humbled, like, how quickly tides can turn, you know? Yeah. Um, especially during that time, 2017, 2018, when teams were starting to fold. With... And then the next offseason, I think the rest of the league completely collapsed yeah. as well. Yeah. And that was a lot of players went without jobs. Yeah. Um, and the, the money wasn't great for, I think, anyone. Mm-hmm. If they were if they were negotiating their contract at that time. It, wasn't it was like, just please give me yeah, I'll just it take it. It yeah. wasn't a very good uh, very good time for, for leverage for players. No, that's that's why that. I had to go down to New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of players had to either go abroad or stop playing. Yeah. Um, but then so February, January, you're sending out emails. You back to it, yeah, and uh, uh, I, again, just just sending out a bunch of emails, talking to a bunch of different guys. Um, I ended up uh, getting uh, again. I had to go on trial mm-hmm. uh, with Harrisburg City Islanders, and that was one where they had already spent their money to bring in a number one, uh-huh. and so that was like going to be their guy. They're like, "Yep, we have a two role that we're still looking to fill," uh-huh. and like they said to me you know, right up front, like, this is the money we have to, to fill that role. Uh, I'm like, are you okay with this? Otherwise, don't, don't even come on trial. And I was just like, yep, okay, <laughs> let's do it. So, uh, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm going on trial with them and, and training with them every day, but I'm also still sending out emails. Yeah. I'm still looking for another option to, if this one doesn't work out, mm-hmm. where, where am I going next? Uh, but luckily, that worked out, and uh, I got to, to spend two seasons with that club, and 
and really sort of gave me the opportunity to uh, have a bit more consistency as far as I know where I'm going to be next year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it is a bit of a different experience that way. Yeah. When did they sign you for the following season? What month was it? Uh, I They kind of let me know really early on that, that you're going to be staying with us. Uh-huh. Um, what role that was going to be under was kind of undecided, uh-huh. but they, they knew they wanted to keep me around. Yeah. Sure. I had indications, well, you know, almost mid-season, um, but I guess the, the official decision wasn't made until the... When, when are the, the options have to be picked up? November like, 1st, isn't it? Yeah, something 1st? like that. But the, like the deadline is when they officially said, okay, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> of course, the deadline. <laughs> right, the deadline. Um, yeah, how, was it, how was it in Harrisburg? How did you like it there? You know, it, it, was, a, it was a small club. Um, the, the city, uh, it, had, it had a great history, mm-hmm. but with some of the, the new improvements, they, they tried to make to the club and try to improve the, the um, experience for the players. Um, it was they're trying to balance that with with keeping it it's small enough to where the fans would would be interested in it yeah and so it was it was kind of a balancing act like the whole time I was there uh, but it the club had so much history with the city and uh, it was just uh, they had the same head coach for for a very long time mm-hmm. and so it was very uh, very interesting to learn about the history there and and see see how they they've grown with the USL yeah because they when they're one of the older clubs, right? Yeah, they were. Uh, I think I don't. I don't know if I want to say f- like one of the, like the founding clubs. Yeah, the, but I think the coach, the head coach, when I was there the first year, was had his job for like fourteen years or something like that. So they were oh. around for, for quite a long time. Yeah, that's that's a long time. And then the next year is that when they changed to Penn FC? Yeah, so they did a rebranding uh-huh. uh, again, trying to improve a lot of different things and trying to keep the, the fan base involved yeah. um, it was uh, yeah Penn FC and then still played in the same stadium though a lot of the same front office mm-hmm. it was it was the same club just yeah. rebranding um, and then so you you were with them the all that two years then so you were the first year then with Harrisburg City Islanders and then basically Penn FC even though it was the same club right, for the yep. next year how was it though having to come back to the club because this is your first time right that you yeah at that point it was the first pro team that I was able to return to yeah. and, uh, and and work with you know some of the same guys and mm-hmm. and, uh, and build our chemistry even further how was that um, I'm still it, looking for, to do that yeah hopefully. it's uh, <laughs> it's a it's it's really good it's worth it too I don't know why uh, you know so many teams don't I don't know why more teams don't do that mm-hmm. because even with the the same players everyone always improves yeah and working with each other you, you improve as a group yeah um, so seeing the seeing that pay dividends was just kind of solidified in my mind that like it's always good to work with the same guys for an extended period of time yeah I know even like from the start of the season to now like I, when I get the ball like little simple things of like even looking for the run mm-hmm. like I'm not looking for Toby to make the corner flag run yeah. you know like I get the ball and I, like, I know immediately who I can really ping it into who I should play into space who it's it's crazy you how learn, much you learn yeah you learn tendencies and and also, like, if you're working with the, the same coach, you, you learn the system yeah. even further. Yeah. And, you know, you see, like, at the highest level, uh, you could take Pep Guardiola, for example, with Man City. He, he was saying very early on that we're not going to have the results 
the first year. Mm. We're just it's not going to happen. These guys need to learn for yeah. a year, and you know, we replace a piece here, move someone here, and tinker it. But yeah, um, it's the same could be said for for this level as well. Yeah, you, know, you grow with each other, and I think that's very important. Yeah, that's why I was pretty bummed when at St. Louis in 2017 sure. brought a new coach. Literally brought in twenty three new guys. That's usually how it goes, yeah. And then we didn't we didn't have the best season. Mm-hmm. And then okay, see everybody else will <laughs> cut in twenty three yeah. guys, cut in the coach. And it was like hard because it was like I mean you can see why. Obviously they invested a lot of money. Sure. We didn't perform, but at the same time you're like man, what I would give to have another year to yeah. try to like build on that. As a player, you see it too because the the little little doubt and hesitation leads to bad timing mm-hmm. to. A, a, at any point in the game or on the field, like that's crucial. Yeah. So I know that you're playing with the same group of guys is is very beneficial. Yeah. Uh, and then so after, and did you were you uh, the starter for the, both years or no? So I was, I was uh, coming into Harrisburg. Uh, I was the. You signed as the backup. Right? I signed as the two, and then I I think I got like eight eight or nine games mm-hmm. um, just throughout the year they trusted me so they you know they put me into this game or that game and yeah. they wanted to keep me happy so they gave me time um, the the other goalkeeper wasn't doing bad by any means mm-hmm. so they didn't see a reason to to really switch it um, and then the following year I was supposed to come in as the number one everything lined up you know this in my mind solidified we're gonna go there we're gonna have a great season yeah and I think it was two weeks before preseason, uh, the new coach signed someone else that he trusted more mm-hmm. to come in as the number one, someone that he knew from before. And it was just back to, it was almost like a repeat. You know? yeah. Like I was trusted. I, I think I got like 11 games or something like that. Yeah. I was trusted. They put me in this game, that game. But it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a tough time. Yeah. Again, yeah, uh, so much adversity, man. But like <laughs> that, that kind of stuff really builds your character. Mm. Though you know, like you, you've been through so much that you, you don't really let things get to you as much anymore. Yeah, and it's it's so motivating to to have that have that happen. That you you just you could let it get you down, but yeah, it could also just propel you to to do so much more. Yeah, I like quoted like pretty much that like when I first found out that I got the sports hernia this year, like sure. I posted a picture and I said like that, it's like when it's like some, like you've been through so much adversity, like you gain a new perspective on new obstacles or something. Yeah, yeah. Cause it was like that. Cause I got it. And that was the third time I would need surgery like there. So I was like, but at that time I was like, Oh, what? It's fine. Like, no, I'll be, I'll be back eight weeks. Yeah. I've been through this. It's no big deal. Well, I was the first time I was devastated. Like I thought season or career ending. Right. I complete, I was in a really bad mental spot. And like this one, I was just like, no, I just wanted to hurry up. Cause like, mm. the faster we do this, the faster I can get back. It's no worries. It was like literally all I could think about was it's fine. It just yeah. let's, <laughs> let's do it, you know? Yeah. It's weird yeah. how the difference of mentality it was from the couple of years. And it's the same thing when you get put as the backup or mm-hmm. like the same role. If you've been through it, you're like, oh, I came out the other end from right. this. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like um, I I always kind of frame it when I. I talk about it. it's just like it, it's gonna make one hell of a story yeah. you know, it's gonna it's yeah. gonna be a crazy story one day uh, uh, how I came through this and we came out on top yeah 
I mean, already, like, every single year, there's been, it sounds like there's been something. It's, a, it's been a bumpy road, yeah. but, uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's been uh, so fulfilling, though, mm. come, you know, making through all this adversity and, and overcoming these obstacles. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you would think that it would discourage me, but it doesn't. Mm. It's, like, uh, it's fulfilling almost. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then, so, after Harrisburg, uh, you went over... You were talking with Tulsa, and then you also kind of like went abroad for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well. so um, I, uh, one of my teammates actually from Penn FC, um, knew that uh, I was you know looking for a new opportunity, mm-hmm. and uh, he he knew my my quality, but he also knew that I, I hadn't played too many games, mm-hmm. so he kind of uh, was one of the more experienced guys, and he kind of put a good word uh, in with one of the agents that he he had a good relationship with and uh so i had someone working for me in the u.s and then at the same time i'm never one to uh just be settled for one option and and wait Mm -hmm. uh because i've i've had that kind of uh bite me in the butt before so um you know i was always looking for another option um just in case this one didn't work out or or whatever if this other thing worked out better um so i ended up going over to to Denmark on, on trial with a, a club there mm-hmm. and um, I actually got the contract offer for Tulsa while I was on trial with uh, with another team in, in Europe uh-huh. so it was kind of one of those things where I asked for a meeting with the coach over in, in Europe I said hey I, uh, I have this contract offer um, so I, I need to make a decision mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those things where it, it forced them to make a decision and, and it was uh, I think it worked out for the best. Mm-hmm. And then you obviously ended up signing with Tulsa. Ended up signing for Tulsa, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's been another another wild ride. But yeah. it's been a, a great decision. You know, being in the U.S. is 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 great. It's 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 comfortable. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's uncomfortable at the same time because it's it's a great level. Yeah. You know, it's it's it's, it's very testing. Yeah. But it is nice to play. Everybody, Americans speaking English, like sure. Yeah. Sometimes in the locker room, you never know. Sometimes there's Portuguese. Or we got stuff. a lot of cultures. We got a lot of cultures. Um, but yeah, no, you played in cities that you know and, and fans. Everything sure. is cool. Yeah. Um, but how was how was Denmark? How was your how long were you over there? And how was that experience? Mm-hmm. Two two weeks, I think. Um, what city were you in? I was uh, just outside of Copenhagen. Okay. Uh, it was uh, Copenhagen's nice, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was a great time. Yeah, so sick. after. After I signed my contract in with with Tulsa and my my future was clear, I, I think one of the guys that I was kind of getting along with there, him and I just went and went around Copenhagen. For That's day. cool, yeah. And that was kind of a, a cool experience. But the uh, the club there was uh, it was in it was it was another club with history. Uh-huh. So like everything was was so defined with the uh, like this. Of the town there and everything, it was the club was so ingrained in everything. Yeah, it was it was incredible to see um, the from the youth club up to the senior team. Everything was in the same area. Um, you you walk to training every single day. They have the house for the players and everything's you know taking care of food, mm-hmm. you know Wi-Fi all over your phone and everything like that. So uh, it was it was a uh, it was cool to see. Um, it was also cool to see the uh, the slightly different perspective they have about the game mm-hmm. um, much less physically demanding much more mentally demanding yeah as far as uh, you know your your decisions on the ball and off the ball 
Yeah. Um, and, and where to be and when to, when to be there. Um, much more demanding that way, but, uh, you know, physically it wasn't quite the same as it is here. Mm-hmm. So. USL is, I, I feel like, probably the most physically demanding sprinting, running, cutting, jumping, yeah. tackling league in, that I've been in. Yeah, it's a much faster pace. Um, even at the MLS level, I think it's it's, yeah. it's incredibly fast paced. You see some of these teams that play a counter attack brand, mm-hmm. um, but especially in the USL, sometimes you can get a little helter skelter. Yeah. You know, yeah, with these these people just sometimes you make a, a mental error and you play a ball you shouldn't or mm-hmm. whatever. That's something that there would be zero uh, zero room for, in, mm-hmm. in, even at the. Uh, a decent level at Europe and over here they would be screaming at the Europeans because why can't you run like yeah. this for 90 minutes you know why can't you you know do doggies up and down the whole yeah. time or uh, you know maybe not the most explosive athletes mm-hmm. so it's, it's just different yeah it's Matt Matt slow down I was like okay sorry sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's just a different perspective. Yeah. It, was, it was really good to, to see that other uh, side of things because even in Australia abroad, mm-hmm. um, it was very much like the U.S. Mm-hmm. as far as the fast pace. Um, always trying to catch the other team out if you can. Yeah. Um, and I was on one of the teams that kept the ball the most, so it was kind of a, a balancing effect. But um, some of these other teams, man, like as soon as you get the ball, you're, you're going forward. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, you're, you're forcing the team to make decisions and it's like the quantity over quality like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 50 attacks and <laughs> one's gonna work one's out gonna work. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah that's that's cool though uh and then uh was, was it difficult to try to like going because i mean if you had uh two different decisions right there it's like you are kind of imagining your life like two different ways how did you like make the decision did you is this a completely gut thing were you like you, you know um the the club over there made it was very upfront with me mm-hmm. uh, when I went over there they had a goalkeeper that they really trusted mm-hmm. and so that was a guy that had a bit of a transfer value on him so he could be moving on at any point mm-hmm. but while he was there he was going to be the guy I think he was he's like third or fourth in the Danish national team or okay. something like that so he was and he was a younger he was a younger guy too so he was a guy that they were looking to develop and it was going to be about him so if I was going to come in there it was going to be to be a backup or you know, maybe prove myself. So when I do move on, like he could, mm-hmm. he could uh, move on, and I would fill that role. But it was going to be something I would have to wait for. And um, I'm 27 years old, and I don't think that that was the right role for me yeah. at that point. So, um, so yeah, the, I felt like the the option here in Tulsa was uh, was the right move for me. That makes sense. And then that pretty much brings us to this year. You're in Tulsa. Um, how long, how's this, you've had some concussion and some like muscle injuries and stuff. Yeah. Um, but how's this, how's this season been for you, you and everything? You know, when, personally I felt like I've, I've made strides in, in my own game and, and making, and uh, in, in working with the back line and making everything flow well mm-hmm. as far as, uh, you know, it's getting on the same page with your three defenders and especially center backs is very important for a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. And with me being, uh, with injury a couple times this year, it's kind of interrupted that process. But despite that, I felt like we've we've progressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's something that uh, I think is is very important for me. 
uh, especially solidifying myself as a number one Mm -hmm. and uh, in those those decisions that early on earlier on in my career that were being pointed out by coaches saying like this isn't the right decision here you should have seen this Mm -hmm. the other guys were doing better than me I feel like I'm proving that I've progressed in that area as well and so I see the game better and I'm I'm making better decisions that way Mm -hmm. and then of course I'm I feel like I'm, I'm becoming a better athlete every year. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, you know, improving my positioning, obviously, and my technique is is always improving. And I'm yeah. always, you know, retinkering it and reworking it in the offseason and trying to improve it. Yeah, how, so. much, how much better do you feel as a player and goalkeeper now compared to, like, when you were headed to Australia? Exponentially. Yeah. Isn't it's, that crazy? It's incredible. <laughs> Just um, the way you see the game changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when, when you're younger, it's, for me, it was, like, I just, I was, like, frantic. Mm-hmm. I look yeah. back at some of the stuff I'm doing, it's, like, it's frantic. It's mm-hmm. not as, and now it's it's much more, I have the same, I'm just as quick, um, but it's less frantic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. It's exactly the same. 100%, like, the frantic is exactly, it wasn't, it wasn't out of control, sometimes it's out of control, but it's just a little, like, deep breath options are going to open up sometimes it's body language too yeah, like, yeah 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 I've, and i told myself too it's like because even watching myself and dissecting on film i'm like i do look like a little like frantic like if i was a defender marking me I'm like yeah go at it like let's let's say that so it's just like just be cool like yeah. it's like i always tell myself almost like luca you know luca's so so chill on suave, the field so suave yeah. dad <laughs> but i'm like that is like i've taken stuff like from luca sure even. like yeah it's just the ball comes to him and, and he doesn't get pressured as much because he looks so confident so on the ball. the ball yeah yeah it's interesting yeah people if you're if you're calm you're going to take a better touch and then the ball's going to get out of your feet yeah quicker and you're going to be able to find another option quicker to get out of pressure mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of like a slow is slow is smooth smooth is fast kind of thing <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It's, uh, it's just just take it easy make sure the quality's there and this the speed will will, will come mm-hmm. as a result of that yeah and then um yeah, and then so you've uh been playing you've been in and out but like you said it's it's gotten a lot better this season just with your back line and everything and um yeah we're ending on a pretty good note and then for next year obviously uh nothing's for for sure you never know yeah undecided yeah undecided at yeah. this point um but yeah and so that's that's pretty much today so now i'm gonna just ask you like three questions that I ask um all the players okay so the first is when was the if you could go look through your entire career when was the absolute best moment of your career oh man that's a tough question because i feel like i've had a lot of little yeah, yeah, you know, um, I think man, a lot, a lot of little ones. But I think uh, probably the one that stands out I can probably point to is uh, I made my debut for Jacksonville uh-huh. after so many months of being a third, mm-hmm. and then being able to to get a game and improve myself. And I played my first game away at at Tampa Bay. Oh, okay, and that was. 2016, I think, like, July 7th or something like that. Uh-huh. And uh, I did very well. So that was something that I uh, I can kind of point to. It was after that game, I was, I was on a, a very good emotional state. You know? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I feel very good about myself. So. That's that's really cool. And then um, now on the flip side, what was the absolute worst moment or period of your career? Um, let's see. Here. 
this question always gets people. Yeah. Everybody, especially because after talking about everything, and it kind of like reminds you, you're like, huh. I would, man, this is, I'm always, I'm always like reframing it to where it's like, this is a challenge, you know, it's, yeah. it's adversity, yeah. but it's not. Um, I would probably say finding out that the second year in Harrisburg when I expected to be the number one, finding mm-hmm. out that I wasn't going to be. And the coach was very clear and upfront, which, to be fair to him, probably avoided problems. Because mm-hmm. if you're unclear about that kind of thing, yeah, players kind of lose their minds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's very clear to me that I was going to be the number two. Uh, but finding that out was, was probably one of the most difficult times. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially because it, it's like, I always think the worst is when you go from a high to a low quickly. Like sure. That. Because yeah. it's like, if you're expecting it's kind of a low, like it, like let's say you're going back home and you know you don't have anything lined up, you're kind of like prepared for it. Sure. But when you go from like, this is going to be awesome to... And then the rug gets pulled out from under your feet. Yeah. 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 Um, that's, I think that's always the hardest part for players. Right. And then uh, my last question is like, if you can have a time machine now, you can go back to any time in your life to talk to younger Sean and give him a piece of advice. Talk to him. Talk to him, yeah. When would you go back... Like, how old would he, the younger Sean, be? And what would you say to him? This is another hard question. People always have to think about this one a lot, too. I said I always, I said to you, I was like, don't worry, I'm not going to ask any hard questions. And then I hit you with these. All right. Um, When did I? I'm just trying to think of when I needed the advice the most. Yeah, because some people have gone all the way back to five years old, 10 years old, 15. Some even went to, like, last year. Right. That's interesting. It's very recent. Um, okay. I would say right before I went to college, right. I think. And mm, no, I take that back. You know what? I'm I would say right after college when I was I was looking for contracts, nothing mm-hmm. was coming. And I would say, just just focus on the process. Mm-hmm. And that was that was I think that was the time when I was so focused on the results. Yeah, yeah. And you know, how am I gonna get a contract? I have to do well in this game. I have to do well in that game. Playing in the PDL over the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, you you worried about your stats and stuff like that. I would say, you're gonna get looks. You're gonna get opportunities. Just focus on getting better. Focus on the process of getting better. Yeah, I like that. Focus on the process and so the results because. It's true. I mean, like, especially when you're going over and you're like, it's all about, I need to get this trial. I need to get, or I need to get this contract. I need to get right. this contract. Right. I need to do this. I need to have a good game. I need to do this. It's, it's, and it can like wear you down a little bit. Um, I like that though. Uh, cool. I, and then you have anything you want to say to anybody? Any shout out or something? People always shout out. <laughs> People always shout out. <laughs> yeah, if you can imagine. Thanks for watching. <laughs> awesome. So this was the Against All Odds podcast with Sean Lewis. And we'll catch you on the next one. All right, guys. Peace.